0: What is up Gen Xers? Welcome back to The Water Cooler. I'm really thirsty, so it's good to see you today. And you know, other than being thirsty, I'm tired. You know, just with all of the just anger that's everywhere. It's just, it, maybe it's my age now showing, the old man in me, but I'm just tired of it all. Um, I, I'm sure you are, are as well. And in fact, when what what it made me think of this week if you remember that that Michael Jackson video and not the not back in the thriller days um when when we were uh much you know, much younger and that's all the kids could talk about at school you know his latest song from the album or his latest video f- that he was you know putting out on MTV but i'm actually thinking of the video for the song Black and White. You remember this one? I think some early nineties I'm guessing, back when MTV still actually played videos. And it was high tech at the time, but it was all of these different people, uh, shoulder up, um, and it would just morph from one face to the next. I remember at, at the time it was groundbreaking, and I'm sure the technology has probably not aged very well. But it would go from one face to the another, from you know someone who is white and you know to black to asian to whatever and you know, all different types of hair colors and hair styles and hair textures and skin tones and all that, all that type of uh diversification of people and you know the song if you remember it was you know something, something if you don't matter if you're black or white gonga bay blah, blah 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 you remember his goofy song that he had and and but at the time it was it was a groundbreaking song and you know it was a nice sentiment and you know it was you know michael jackson you know poppy type song okay whatever but i thought of that thought of that song and i thought of that video and i remember back at the time when it came out and you thought oh that's a nice message and you know, and you thought that's that's right. It doesn't matter what you look like. It doesn't matter you know if you know it, all these different faces morph into another. Yeah, ultimately we're all people. We're all humans. We're all the same. Whatever. And it was nice. And that was that. And so I was thinking about that in the context of all of this racial animus and and everything else that we have going now. And it it just struck me so odd how detached we've become from that simple, goofy Michael Jackson video, you know, and now granted, there were, there were always incidents that would spring up, right? And you can probably rattle them off the top of our heads, right? You know, the the Rodney King beating and the verdict and the rioting in LA, uh, the, you know, Tawana Brawley case, the Central Park jogger, OJ, I mean, you can pick any number of them, you know, and somewhat polarizing and and they would have their debates but what i don't remember is the widespread generalized hatred or generalized animus towards people of different races just because um i don't remember that as as a response to those to those incidents and i can't figure out why that was it could have been that i was just younger and i was naive you know i was in high school i was in college and and all that didn't register to me um, but it just it it struck me odd how any incident now turns into this national referendum, and there 's just so much hatred out there and, and and as I thought about that, I thought about how the strong hatred in the rioting faction and how they how they frame things and how they nuance things and i don 't know that there 's necessarily a counterpoint to them. And what I mean by that is this. Let's, you can start with the with the notion of Black Lives Matter. And I'm not talking about the organization or you know, that woman that has the four houses for $3.2 million or what have you. I'm talking about just the sentiment. You know, The sentiment comes out when, you know, when um, this is back when it wasn't even George Floyd, it was before him, but the, the notion that Black Lives Matter and Everyone, I think, in response would say, "Well, yeah, of course." I mean, I I don't. What I'm mean to say is, I don't know anybody who's taking the the counter argument that Black lives don't matter. I I correct me if I'm wrong, but I I don't see that stance being taken. I I I, I'm I'm not sure where the polarization is coming from, other than maybe just this defensive stance of saying, "Hey." Don't don't loop me into that, and then there's other people who say I'm going to loop you into that just because of what you look like and how you were born. It's just, it's just so, it's very strange. And I kind of I was thinking about the goofy black or white video from Michael Jackson uh, in response to that. In particular, I saw this really sad uh, video that was put out, and I'm not sure what what type of piece of garbage who who think to. Not only just take out their phone and record this type of thing, but then put it out online as though you're some kind of hero, but there's this video that was taken in a holiday Inn, and the the customer um, I believe who was was um, black but he's taping this um, holiday inn employee who was white looked fairly young um, and he was kind of shaming him. For, Regarding the, whatever error was happening in it, but you can see you know the kid that 's dealing with him continues to get more and more flustered to the point where the kid just has a full breakdown and 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 just screams and grits his teeth and bangs his head against the uh, the screen and the keyboard and, just, and goes off into a corner and and just just loses loses control of himself and he 's getting berated all this time. And and the whole time I'm watching this thinking, that poor kid. I mean, mean, first of all, the the kid must have some kind of, uh, you know, mental illness, some type of emotional issue, maybe, but certainly in the moment he did. And it just, I was, it was remarkable to me how something like that cannot be handled with compassion. I mean, where have we gone as humanity that that's how we treat people i just i I don't get it i get if you're frustrated at a hotel or at an airport and i i get it and tempers are short or whatnot but on the flip side there's a person there's a human and again regardless what they look like regardless of what their background is um and even if that person is being rude or snide to meet that with with animosity i mean isn't that that's caring culture right that's that's elevating things and escalating things take and, and let me talk to your manager it was just really 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 sad i f- felt so bad for that poor kid apparently there's some GoFundMe, you know and in, in, in response to that and hopefully that that kid will get a boost and, and and get some encouragement and get back out there i mean at least the kid was at least the kid had a job. At least he was working. At least he was trying to be productive and do something. And and we're now in a spot where we just destroy people for clicks, for attention. I, I don't get it. My Gen X brain is not wired that way. I cannot fathom for a second something happening where I take out my phone and video it and then post it as though I'm some hero or whatever. I, I, just, I just don't understand that. And 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 the fact that this kid was a white kid and the guy taping it was black, there's this kind of odd racial component to it, I think. I don't know. It's just really, really sad. But And then after I read that, I saw this article that was quoting um, Tulsi Gabbard. And I tell you, the more I hear her talk, the more I like her. I, I don't know why in the world she has a D behind her name. You know, It, it just reminds me of my... my stance that I always take when I'm evaluating a politician and one is that Democrats are always bad and two the Republicans are almost always bad um but she's certainly flying in the face of that and I and every time she speaks I I agree with her I I like hearing what she has to say and I think she has a unique uh, perspective on things um but in this case this article um w- was quoting her where she urges Americans to reject what she referred to as racialism, and it, it really you know, you know pulled me in as I I read it, and I think she's really spot on. I wanted to 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 kind of rehash some of the things she said, but in the article, she encourages Americans to reject the racialism of everything and everyone, warning that it is a dark and divisive path. Well, absolutely, and it kind of goes back to what I said so in the beginning again there have always been these types of incidents but i don't remember just the immediate divisiveness with anger and vitriol and lashing out at each other i i, I don't remember that um but she goes on to say uh, my dear friends my fellow americans please please let us stop with the racial racialization of everyone and everything we are all children of God, and are th- therefore family in the truest sense, no matter our race or ethnicity And i I just really, really appreciated someone with a national platform coming out and giving that type of sentiment because i mean this is you know someone who who ran for president but does not currently hold any office. I think she has some kind of foundation where she's doing you know some good but you know, again, I didn't hear this sentiment from the White House. I didn't hear it from anybody in the Senate. I didn't hear about it from anyone in the House of Representatives or anyone else from currently with a position of power in Washington. This came from someone that ha- holds no office currently. And uh, as much as I appreciate it from her, I uh, just shamed the rest of our leadership w- w- in the country that we don't hear the same type of thing. They, everyone somehow tries to play it for an advantage and it goes back to what i've been saying for weeks how you know it again proves charles barkley right that we just have these race hustlers and and politicians who are playing this divide for their gain um and and so props to tulsi gabbard for saying something that i think everybody can get behind and and everybody can uh, agree with and also kind of flies in the face of a lot of what we expect we were we are force fed when we were in high school and in college you know that the multiculturalism message it, it is how it was framed to me I, I remember being in high school and just being put off by it and in college i remember you know seeing some goofy uh poster when i was walking into the business school and it was something along the lines of you know we are a stew not a soup and it had people from all different ethnicities and and what have you and i just remember just being really put off by it, and I've I've thought about it off and on since then. I and I've come to realize what really put me off about those messages. Not and then, no, first it's not to say that having any kind of pride or interest or appreciation from your cultural and racial heritage is a bad thing, because it's not. It's absolutely not. That that's something that certainly can unite families and generations, and that is a very good thing. But when it is projected out to the rest of our society. I think it can become something that's not quite constructive. And what I mean by that is when we focus on our differences, that's when divisions are created. But when we focus on what what unites us, then we can come together despite our differences, you know. It used to be that what united us in our in our country was our freedom and but we that doesn't even work anymore because we can't even agree on on what that is we can't even agree on what a man is what a woman is and are these fundamental things in our culture just breaking down we don't have you know common language we don't have common experiences and and all these things that were just causing these divides and it's just totally unconstructive and it's a shame and I wish we would start to focus more on our similarities than our differences but this identitarian politics that 's been taking hold for quite some time and, and certainly gets a lot of play in uh, colleges and educational circles only goes to make things worse and i 'm not sure what accelerated it, but it's we 've certainly gone there and it 's bizarre um, But one thing is certain though with, with that in that context, everyone seems to be very afraid of the terroristic left-wing mob because that seems to be where all the destru- the, the destruction and anger is coming from. Again, kind of going back to where I, I'm just curious to know where these counter-arguments are, and we can even look at the the, the George Floyd thing because there were some who just wanted Chauvin to be guilty just because they felt bad that, that uh, George Floyd died, and I, I get that. I, I feel bad that he died too. I don't think he should have. I certainly don't think Derek Chauvin is a saint, and probably even objectively a bad dude. But in the context of law and order, that's where it starts to get tricky for me. You know, you can even think back to when you know John Adams felt that even even though there was such um, hatred for them that the British troops accused of participating in the Boston Massacre deserved to have representation and he took a lot of heat for that and that's kind of where i you know, c- you know come down on, on on the side of ru- the rule of law but again i i don't know where the counter argument to uh, aside from that but the counter argument to george floyd is i mean i i think everybody can agree he probably shouldn't have knelt on it on him for that long probably should have figured out some other way now what that way is i don't know i'm not a law enforcement uh, expert but again i I'm not sure i I don't hear the counter argument that yes, that was totally justified, and it's no big deal that George floyd died but the the argument seems to take the stand as though there are people out there that exist that are making that argument, and i I can't wrap my mind around it. It's bizarre, but hopefully you know we can start to call back to the Michael Jackson video. We can listen to Tulsi Gabbard. And reject the racialism. We just reject it. And like, like I was saying last week, what I tell my boys all the time: when there's this hatred that that bubbles up, don't participate. Just don't engage in it. Let let that be someone else's issue. But don't engage. There's nothing constructive that can come from it. But now I, I touched a little bit on our our culture degrading, and and one of the main reasons why I think think that is. And why we, there's nothing common to focus on anymore because our, our culture now seems to just simply be pop culture, right? And, and it's not that uniting you know, cultural experience that, that can bring us all together. There's just this eclectic uh, uh, collection of whatever is popular at the moment, it comes and fades and onto something new. And with social media and with information spreading so quickly, those ebbs and flows are a lot quicker now than than they ever were, and but it's still that seems to be our culture. Our, our culture is pop culture, and you're really starting to see that reflected in politics now. You know, I, I think from from the moment that Bill Clinton played the sax on Arsenio Hall, politics became pop culture, and it's certainly not for the better. Now, true, Ronald Reagan was an actor and he was a well known actor, but. When he ran for president in nineteen eighty he his time as an actor had long since passed, and he had spent a significant amount of time as governor of of california and and giving speeches and speaking out against communism and a whole n- number of things where he'd established himself as as someone in the political space that and he, he proved his his abilities when he ran for president, but now, the thing that seems to vault people is image and notoriety. And you've you're seeing that over and over again and and it doesn't seem like that's something constructive. As an example. Um when Arnold Schwarzenegger became governor of California, do you think he, for a second he could have won that without his celebrity? Well of course not. How about Jesse Ventura in Minnesota? Same thing. You know, he he even won as an independent candidate, which you almost never see. Um, on a state level, much less in uh, a national level, but he he won that office largely because of his celebrity. <laughs> Think about about what a cult of personality Barack Obama became quickly in two thousand seven and two thousand eight, and you know, for someone who was relatively very little accomplished, you know he he won as as on his basis of celebrity, right? I've always referred to him as the Kardashian president, right? He was famous for being famous. And what's really weird now, and you, you saw the, the this story that has percolated, is this sentiment that The Rock will run for president. Uh, I mean, how and why? <laughs> I don't, dude. The Rock, and then he had this goofy show that he has out, where it like takes place in two thousand thirty-two or something like that, where he's running for president, and he's like this squeaky clean and has all the answers, and he refers back to these stories from when he was a kid. But I think, good lord, could that really be a thing? (laughs) I mean, what ability does he have as an executive? commander-in-chief that would make me want to vote for the the rock i mean vote for me i mean for pete's sake i would have as little ideas as as he would it's just really strange and now you see this effort to recall gavin newsom in california and you know caitlin jenner's announcing that she'll run for for governor <laughs> which which i say go get him caitlin yeah, because and and but again someone like caitlin jenner did you think for a second she would get any any traction Running for governor, if it didn't have her celebrity with the Kardashians and the, and the experience as an, as an Olympic athlete, well, of course not. But again, that's where our, our culture is. Our culture is now pop culture. And, and ability and, and leadership qualities take a backseat to notoriety and image. I mean, D- Donald Trump, for Pete's sake, even though it, there are things that he, he did that were very capable as an executive, he got his traction because of his celebrity and that does not seem to be slowing down as far as the viable uh, candidates for large public offices go. Um, but it's, it's strange. It's unfortunate. I don't think that's something that's, uh, constructive that will lead anywhere good, but that seems to be where we are. Um, but speaking speaking of celebrities, apparently the Oscars happened uh, this past uh, weekend. I was not aware of it. I was not interested. I, again, I to be fair, I haven't watched an Oscars show. And honestly, I can't tell you how long. Maybe when when Gladiator won, what, was twenty some years ago. Maybe by now, I, I I couldn't even couldn't even tell you off the top of my head. But I did see you know, again. There was a lot of the predictable uh pc woke stances being taken but tyler perry seems to you know stuck his neck out quite a bit and and rejected uh you know, all this hatred for the police um which i say you know good on you tyler uh tyler perry you know it, when you are from one of those um, minority groups that takes a stance against the Left-wing orthodoxy—they seem to really come after you hard. So um, that's that was a brave thing I think that he did. You know, when you you consider what's happened to to Candace Owens um, and Caitlyn Jenner um, and and among others, when when they go against the orthodoxy. it does not go well for them. So, so it was it was good to see someone you know, take a stance that cut against the grain uh, in that uh, you know, celebrity culture and that love fest that they have for each other. But again, I I, I can't speak too much on on what he said because again, I didn't watch. I didn't pay attention. That was not certainly on on my radar. Um, you know, but they're all about about image and with, with not surprising with with all the COVID. Protocols that happened, I guess one thing that was lifted were the wearing of masks on their red carpet because I guess it's fine. I, image takes, takes priority over the science if that's something that, uh, a stance that you're taking. Uh, but it was weird. But now someone who didn't uh, shirk their mask was, was Joe Biden. Um, in this video call um, to discuss the cl- climate with, with uh, leaders around the world, dude masked up (laughs) and no one else in the zoom call was wearing a mask it was it's a really really bizarre thing i don't know if you've had a chance to see it um but here everyone else is they're engaging in this thing and and there's joe biden sitting there as diminutive as he could be with his little mask on and it was just a bizarre sight to behold and especially from a political party that is so in tune to their optics i can't believe someone didn't realize ahead of time how bad that and small that makes him look and and not just that he he had a mask on he's fully vaccinated, and he wasn't by anybody. Why he would be wearing a mask in that context, you would think he would take the mask off and as and if he wants to make the point of hey, I'm vaccinated, i'm distanced and, and to encourage people to get vaccinated maybe if if that's something that that you'd want to do, but no they they they're taking the stance of again really playing up the mask thing that's really weird. And the other thing that i i thought was really weird in that very same image is he, he seemed to be the only leader who did not have any a uh, national flag or anything behind him, which I felt really weird. I mean you saw trudeau with the with the maple leaf and you saw you know Putin with the Russian colors you saw a number of e u uh, leaders there with the you know the EU flag and the, you know the blue with the stars on it. Uh, he was just a plain blue background. Again, now I'm not saying he needed to have a bunch of waving American flags with a with a bald eagle dive bombing through there. He, he didn't even need that. I mean, he could just had the windows of the Oval Office. I mean, t- something to to project any kind of stature and strength at all. But it was it was so weak. And, I mean, it, and, and so true to form. To this administration and and to carry on the the weak image of of the Obama years but it was just really really weird especially coming from a group of folks where image and optics is so important to them. I found that very very odd. Now the last thing that I, I found odd and troubling I don't know if, if you saw this video too and then I'll end with here is this this fight that happened in the Miami airport boy that was weird you had like at least seven people just wailing on each other and kicking and screaming and i couldn't make heads or tails of who was who who was doing what what they were yelling what they were even fighting about and as i saw it my nine-year-old daughter uh looked at it with me and and you know she and i had just you know traveled a number of weeks ago so you know she has this experience of being in airports fresh in her mind and she was just Caught off guard by that, she's like, "What are they fighting about?" I'm like, "I don't know. It doesn't make any sense." And she she asked me, "What would you do if you were there when that happened?" I'm like, "Well, my first first thing I would do, my main priority would be to get you out of there and and make sure that you're safe." um But she's like, w- "Would you step in there? Would would you try to get them to stop?" And I, I, I thought about it for a second. I'm like, "You know, no, no, I I wouldn't." And and I told her with well, the the one exception being. If again, from the video, I couldn't really, really tell this, but I'm like, if, if I were there and I saw, you know, a, a man that was, you know, was punching or kicking a woman like, like they are in these scrums, okay, then I would step in and she said, well, why would you do that? I'm like, well, you know, he could really, really do some damage and and hurt and hurt her. I, I, you know, try to go in there and, and get him to stop or try to get her out of there somehow. But, but if it was a woman fighting a woman or a dude fighting a dude, i I probably just, you know, back away. And that's kind of what everyone else did you know they were kind of just saying stop and just just kind of back and giving them their space to just beat the crap out of each other and in some weird way is this what everyone wants i mean when they say defund the police is this what they want they just want to to just kick the crap out of each other i mean some of the responses to the the police shooting in in columbus was just to let teens have their knife fights. You know, I, again, now I, I've seen The Outsiders. I've seen West Side Story. I guess maybe they want that to be a thing again. But it was weird. I mean, this was in the Miami airport. This was not some some off-the-beaten-path locale, and it was a really weird and sad thing. Again, I, I, I just don't know where civility has gone in our culture. It's sad. It's unfortunate. But it is where we are. But, again, hopefully we can... We can take Tulsi Gabbard's advice, uh, reject the racialism, reject the hatred, just rise above all of it, and, and and start to actually build something, and and not just destroy and try to transform and and put people in headlock and just have them accept your changes. It's just I I don't I don't I don't know. But again, that all goes against my Gen X sensibilities. You know, I just I just want to have my corner of the world, take care of my family, and and just be left alone and and not have anybody uh, tell me what, what I should or shouldn't do. But such is life as a Gen Xer. No, with that, I'm going to go uh, get back to work, and, and I will see all of you next time at the water cool. Stay cool, Gen X.